So welcome back again to the second part of Come In See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley and Jane, as usual, of course, Shane on the other end of the Skype line, as we mentioned in part one. This is the time of the year when we review uh, 2019, the previous year. Shane, where would you like to lead us, please? Yes, John. Well, before we start with the review for 2019, um, myself and John, as people know, we record the program ahead of the Sunday. And when we got off the finished recording the program last week, I turned around and I WhatsApped John and I said, we forgot Holocaust Memorial Day. And I thought it was important. And I think, John, you agreed with me that this year that we just have a small reflection on this because, of course, it is the 75th. Uh, Holocaust Memorial Day, rather, is the the date that commemorates the liberation of the Auschwitz concentration camp. And it is commemorated on the 27th of January each year. But this year is a particularly special anniversary because it is the 75th anniversary of the liberation of the camp. And the reality being that because of age and time, those that survived Auschwitz uh, there are less and less of them that are, are available to tell their story and to remind the world what happened there and the vow that was made that it would never happen again. So there was two there was two events this year. The, there was the Nash, there was the international commemoration at Auschwitz, which was held on the 27th, but also on the 23rd of uh, January, there was an event held at Yad Vashem in Jerusalem, which is the the memorial and the museum that is in Jerusalem. And it was called the World Holocaust Forum 2020, uh, remembering the Holocaust and fighting anti-Semitism. And the piece that we're now going to play, I thought it was a very interesting piece that we came across. Uh, it's a challenging piece, and we felt that we should share it this morning. It is President Frank Walter Steinmeier. He is the president of the Federal Republic of Germany, speaking at this event about the Holocaust in Jerusalem. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of food for thought in what he says. And as we remember the 75th anniversary of Auschwitz, and we remember the vow that was made at the end of the Second War, we have to remind ourselves that it only takes for good people to be silent and apathetic for evil to thrive. And in the world where we see growing anti-Semitism and uh, abuse against migrants and refugees, we need always to be on our guard. The industrial mass murder of six million Jews, the worst crime in the history of humanity, it was committed by my countrymen. The terrible war, which cost far more than 50 million lives, is originated from my country. 75 years later, after the liberation of Auschwitz, I stand before you all as President of Germany, and I stand here laden with the heavy historical burden of guilt. Yet, at the same time, my heart is filled with gratitude. Gratitude for the hands of the survivors stretched out to us. Gratitude for the new trust given to us by people in Israel and across the world. Gratitude for Jewish life is flourishing again in Germany. 
My soul is moved by this spirit of reconciliation, a spirit which opened up a new and peaceful path for Germany and Israel, for Germany, Europe, and the countries of the world. The eternal flame at Yad Vashem does not go out. Germany's responsibility does not expire. We want to live up to our responsibility. By this, dear friends, you should measure us. I stand before you grateful for this miracle of reconciliation and I wish I could say that our remembrance has made us immune to evil. Yes, we Germans remember that sometimes it seems as though we understand the past better than the present. The spirits of evil are emerging in a new guise, presenting their anti-Semitic, racist, authoritarian thinking as an answer for the future, a new solution to the problems of our age. And I wish I could say that we Germans have learned from history once and for all. But I cannot say that when hatred is spreading. I cannot say that when Jewish children are sped on in the schoolyard. I cannot say that when crude anti-Semitism is clogged in supposed criticism of Israeli policy. And I cannot say that, ladies and gentlemen, when only a thick wooden door prevents a right-wing terrorist from causing a massacre, a bloodbath in a synagogue in the city of Halle on Yom Kippur. Of course, our age is a different age. The words are not the same. The perpetrators are not the same. But it is the same evil. And there remains only one answer. Never again, nie wieder. That is why there cannot be an end to remembrance. And that was President Walter Steinmeier. He was the, he is, I should say, the federal German president speaking at the Holocaust event in Jerusalem on the 23rd of January. And a reminder to us, I suppose, in particular, as the world remembered the 75th anniversary of the liberation of the camp at Auschwitz, of the importance of us, why we remember, and for us always to be on our guard. Uh, and against those that would seek to persecute minorities. There was a number of brilliant speech, uh, talks and speeches at the commemoration given by survivors, but we played that one because it's already translated into English. But if you're online, I would highly recommend Googling to see those, uh, those witness statements from survivors of Auschwitz that were given on the 27th of January. So... Moving on to the next part of our program, <clears throat> we have another Sacred Space 102 FM tradition, which is to review the church year. Now, normally we do this earlier in the month of January, uh, slightly later this year, but we'll still do it. Myself and John will remember and recall kind of the major events that happened in 2019. 
<laughs> and also look into the crystal ball and see what might be happening in 2020. So kicking off, so of course one of the big things at the start of 2019 was of course the World Youth Day which was held in Panama and of course which Pope Francis attended. Now yes, it sounds strange, World Youth Day in, in, in January, but because of course it was held in Panama and the timing of the seasons, usually of course it's held in August. So that kick-started the year. Uh, of course, one of the big things that came out in January as well, and was a theme which went throughout the entirety of 2019, was the increase in persecution of Christians around the world, and in particular in the Middle East, countries in the Middle East. Uh, as well as that, of course, in January, we also saw the bombing of the cathedral in, sub in parts of the southern Philippines, with a number of people being killed. February 2019, Pope Francis visited Abu Dhabi and signed a declaration of, of tolerance with the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar University, which is a great seat of learning in the Muslim world. At the, and that was at the beginning of February. At the end of February, um, in the, around the 21st to the 24th, there was a summit about abuse at, and dealing and handling with identifying abuse held at the Vatican, at the Vatican with Pope Francis making a point that it is a societal ill and that the church in particular needs to react and deal and answer for the issues that have been highlighted. In March 2019, uh, the Pope was very much clocking up the air miles again, and he visited Morocco from March 30th to 31st. Again, we're very much focusing on the outreach to the Muslim world. Um, at the same time, there was also in Rome, during the month of March, there was a visit by the heads of the Mormon Church to the to to the Vatican. I'd say which was an interesting uh, conversation, John. I would say, uh, yeah, definitely. And then, from an Irish perspective, in March 2019, we had the first announcements or reportage of plans to change the setup of formation of seminarians at Minute uh, Seminary. Uh, they were first aired by the Irish Catholic in March 2019. No, April 2019, I think for many people, the main thing that's, that may, they may remember, of course, was that horrific bomb attack in Sri Lanka on Easter Sunday uh, in a number of churches that were attacked and the killing of people that were at Easter Mass. So that was one of the main things, sad things that happened in, 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 in April. At the other, other things that happened in April, Archbishop Dermot Martin reminded St. Vincent de Paul of its Catholic identity, part of a little bit of Tatarara that was there at the time. And on the international front, there was that amazing gesture by Pope Francis, who with the Archbishop of Canterbury had invited the leaders of South Sudan uh, warring factions to the Vatican for discussions and at the end we had that image of Pope Francis going down on his knees to kiss their feet begging them for peace um, and as well as that in April 2019 we also had the public the publication of the apostolic exhortation following the Synod on Youth in October 2018 so the apostolic exhortation was published and it's called Christus Vivet Christ Lives um, so that's where they were a couple of the main things kind of in the first quarter, the first four months of 2019. John? Okay, Shane, just as a quick, a quick reminder as to what we had in the programme, maybe for those same few months, we started off the year actually with Father Martin Brown, and he spoke to us uh, around the prayer for Christian unity. I was followed the following week actually by Father Brendan Coffey, from, again from Glenstar. He's the abbot actually of Glenstar. 
and Father Brendan spoke to us about the Benedictines in Ireland. Father Eamon McCarthy from Radio Maria spoke to us uh, in early February, and of course, just remind people again if they want to get Radio Maria, go on to RT1 TV and just come back one, and um, lots of programming there 24 7 actually from Radio Maria. You mentioned about uh, the World Youth Day in Panama. We had a young fella, uh, Jared Hanley, nice guy from Dublin, and he spoke to us about how the young people who couldn't get to Panama, uh, Panama celebrated their own Panama in Dublin uh, um, while the, the, the main event was taking part to the other side of the world. Rose O'Connor joined us again in February to, to tell us about the setting up of the pastoral units and so on and so forth. Father Columba McCann, again from the Benedictines, he joined us again towards the end of February and he spoke to us about the Benedictine Oblates. Lent, we decided to come into, uh, sorry, March, we decided to come into Lent, Father Luke McNamara and Dr Jesse Rogers each week gave us their reflections on Lent. We actually played a very popular piece um, on St. Patrick's Day. It was something that was recorded by Father Michal Liston, actually going back to 2014, gave us a reflection on St. Patrick. And then with the Troca campaign, we spoke with uh, Colm Hogan from the Troca campaign towards the end of March. Just a quick one going into April there. We had Mary's Way of the Cross in April, early April. Holy Week uh, reflection by Father Frank Duick. And then we had the re- a beautiful reflection or re- re- reflecting on the resurrection in everyday life by Martina Lahan Sheehan. That's, that was towards the end of April. And we finished off April then with Claire Devaney, a young lady who told us all about Catholic school repeats, re- retreats. So, Shane, that brings it up to the first three months of four months. So, um, on a more global level, I suppose, in May 2019, the Pope was seriously clocking up the mileage again. Uh, he visited Macedonia and Bulgaria. And in Bulgaria, there was a focus on building relationship with the Orthodox Church. And in Macedonia, there was a focus on Mother Teresa. And that visit occurred from May the 5th to the 6th. Uh, he also visited Romania in May 2000. Uh, 19. Uh, that trip took place from May 31st to June the 2nd. Now, it was interesting, in May, uh, the Vatican uh, gave the green papal green light to uh, official pilgrimages to start going to Medjugorje. Uh, up to that, um, the bishop that oversees uh, the, the, the parish that, that, that Medjugorje is in had requested that other... Um, pre-bishops wouldn't take pilgrimages there. But however, that got the papal green light in May 2019. And one of the first Irish pilgrimages being led by an Irish bishop is going out there in 2020. In May 2019, we also had the sad news of the death of Jean Vanier, founder of L'Arche Community, uh, who died in May. And of course, there was also, as well as that, the tragedy, if, well, you know, the, the, the not, uh, yes, tragedy of the fire at Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris and uh, the burning of the cathedral and the collapse of the spire. And of course, the whole drama of the rebuild and how long it's going to take and how it's going to happen is still ongoing. It's actually interesting, John, I was just reading the other day, they still actually haven't secured the site at Notre Dame uh-huh. because the problem at the time was when the fire happened, there was scaffolding up for repairs and that scaffolding twisted and melted in the heat 
and trying to take it down is actually proving rather difficult in case that undermines the stonework of the cathedral itself. And then on top of that, the walls of the cathedral are designed to hold up the weight of the roof. And without the weight, they're actually afraid that they're going to fall. Okay. So it's one of the challenges that's still there for the rebuild of Notre Dame, aside from the fact that there is an ongoing debate as to how the renovation or the restoration is to happen. In June 2019, um, Archbishop Dermot Martin denounced the whole thing of show funerals in Dublin, and in particular the, those associated with the drug feuds. Uh, he came out quite strongly about that in June 2019. At the same time then in June 2019, Cardinal Pell lost his first appeal in, uh, in Australia for the, his, against the conviction of the child abuse uh, that he had been convicted for. In July 2019, Pope Francis caused a bit of a stir uh, around the Catholic world by giving some of the relics of St. Peter to the Patriarch of Constantinople. And we had discussed this on the program previously, John, of course, where it was like nine pieces of the relics uh, that had been held in the the chapel in the Apostolic, Apostolic Palace in Rome that were put there by Paul VI, and Pope Francis decided to gift them to the Patriarch of Constantinople as a sign of fraternal fraternity and a hope for the unity of Christians. Also in July 2019, uh, Archbishop Dermot Martin, um, or, or Eamon Martin rather, uh, remind, let us know that there is a possibility that we will have new 42 new Irish saints, martyrs from penal times, whose paperwork had gone missing and had been rediscovered and submitted to the Vatican in Rome. So that brings us up, John, then to August uh, 2019. Okay, so let's uh, quickly go through, I know I'm going to try for time. Um, back in, in May, we were joined by Bishop uh, Brendan Leahy, who, gave, who spoke to us on his pastoral letter on holiness. Father Richard Keane uh, joined us to speak about the prayer for vocations. Our own Lorraine Buckley shared a lovely reflection on the month of Mary. Father Luke McNamara again reflected for us on the Acts of the Apostles. In June, our good friend Father Eamon Conway spoke to us about Loch Derg. Uh, Father Seamus and Ryder, of course, gave us another update on the Our Lady of Perpetual um, Help, which was taking place that particular time. Again, Lorraine Buckley, uh, later on in June, gave us a reflection on Corpus Christi. And Father Donald Neary joined us uh, towards the end of June to speak to us uh, about, all about the Sacred Heart Messenger. And just to finish off July there, uh, Martin Rose Sullivan uh, chatted to us about children's faith camps and faith resources for children. Uh, and the 14th of July, we were joined by members of the Emmanuel community who are based out in California. There were young, about four or five young people from, I think, Australia, France, Ireland, UK, I think, and they were out on mission there for a year. And then in the end of July, then, we had a repeat of an interview Lorraine gave. Um, she spoke to the Cistercian nuns of Glen and Khan in County Waterford. That brought us up to the end of July, Shane, OK? So, OK, John. So then September... Uh, Pope Francis visited Mozambique, Madagascar and Mauritius. That trip was the 4th to the 10th of December. Then in October, the big thing in October, of course, was the Synod on the Amazon. 
and the whole issue of the pastoral response in the Amazon and the ecological response of the church, both in the Amazon and around the world, which, of course, had the Pachamama controversy in, in the middle of it. That is that whole thing about whether the carvings were actually idols or representations of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the whole debacle that happened around them being thrown into the Tiber River and having to be rescued by the Italian police. October, of course, also had the canonization of John Henry Newman on the 13th of October. So Henry, John Henry Newman, of course, associated with the foundation of University College Dublin uh, here in Ireland, as well as associated with the or oratories in the UK. November then, we had Pope Francis's trip to Thailand and to and to Japan. And his visit to Japan was a lifelong ambition of Pope Francis. Uh, he'd always wanted to be sent on mission to uh, Japan. And he gave a very profound speech in uh, Hiroshima, uh, responding and calling for peace and nuclear disarmament. Uh, of course, November 19 also had the controversy here in Ireland about and the call for the Vatican to block the transfer of the land by the Religious Sisters of Charity for the National Maternity Hospital, uh, which, of course, is still ongoing. And finally, in December 2019, uh, Pope Francis lifted the pontifical secret on cases relating to and dealings relating to child sex abuse. And in Dublin, of course, there was that big announcement in Dublin that there's the plan to move sacramental preparation out of the schools and back to parishes. And in addition to that, of course, as well, John, then there was also the, the, the delayed beatification of Fulton Sheen, which was supposed to happen in December and has been postponed. Um, well, there's no, there's no new date set by the Vatican. We're waiting for the new date to be announced. And just very quickly, just uh, just to pick up just a few little um, programs for the last quarter of the year, Father Eamon Conway uh, joined us again to speak to us on the canonization of John Henry Newman. Um, Sister Patricia Hogan and Sister Teresa Brown spoke to us on Vocation Sunday to speak, or Mission Sunday. Both of them spent between them 100 years on the mission, 100 years between them and the mission. God bless them. We ended up in the year then. We had Sister Betty Baker and Sister Sarah O'Rourke, who shared with us about 100 years of the Salesian Sisters. Prior to that, we also spoke with Father Dan Carroll, and Father Dan spoke to us about 100 years of the Salesians' presence in Ireland. So both the sisters and the fathers spoke to us about the Salesians. Shame we got a that was, minute to that go. Was, that, was, that was 2019. So, crystal ball gazing, John, for 2020. What's going to happen from a church point of view in the coming 12 months? So, one of the main things, of course, is the fact that Pope Francis has to publish the Apostolic Exhortation following the Amazon Synod, and the, we are all waiting to see what's going to happen in terms of the proposal for lifting the rules on or changing the rules on priestly celibacy. Another big thing coming down the tracks in 2020 is the publication of Predacta Evangelicum, which is the new apostolic constitution which deals with the running of the Vatican departments and dicasteries. So they're all the bureaucracy in Rome that helps the Pope, and that's going to be a new apostolic constitution which is going to be published in 2020. Also, of course, from a, a controversy point Point of view, we are waiting to see the publication of the investigation into the who knew what and where and when in Rome about Theodore McCarrick. Um, each of the the American bishops are currently making their ad limina visits to Rome, and each group that has gone in has raised this and has been told that it will be published shortly. Sadly, we are also likely to see further 
uh, controversy uh, in Rome in relation to financial issues and in particular to the management of the, not the Vatican Bank, but the administration of the uh, patrimony of the Apostolic See. On the Irish front, Archbishop Dimard Martin turns 75 in April and will tender his letter of resignation as required by canon law to Pope Francis. So we'll have to wait and see what happens to the largest archdiocese in the country. Cardinal Pell has his appeal in February 2020 to the highest Supreme Court in Australia. This, there's ongoing uh, challenges, I suppose, between the relationship between China and the Vatican. So we'll wait and see what's going to happen in relation to that. And I suppose here on the Irish side of things, we have to keep an eye on things like further attacks on the seat of the confessional, uh, the upcoming debates on euthanasia, and the challenges against the Catholic ethos in Irish schools. And I suppose, John, I suppose the last thing I suppose that we have to ask our quest- the question that may happen for 2020. Uh, is the possibility, of course, of a papal funeral. And I'm not talking about Pope Francis here, of course. I'm talking about Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. The man is 93 years of age and I have to say, if anyone has seen pictures of him recently, mm-hmm. he is extremely frail. So uh, we could have the f- his, uh, historic first of one pope uh, officiating at the funeral of another, of his predecessor in 2020. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And of course, the other challenge uh, for us locally, you know, is we are going to be down uh, maybe one or two priests later on this year within the diocese, which means masses are not going to be as frequent as what they were before. So the challenge will be, uh, you know, to, to maybe travel a little bit more. Maybe it might be so conven- so convenient to get a perfect mass time and so on and so forth. But it's a challenge for us to keep attending mass and um, keeping sacraments as best we can. But that's all ahead of us. We look forward and hope to that. So now it's time for, to go for our second piece of music. And the piece of music we can choose today is, a, is a, from James Coban and it's entitled Waiting on a Miracle. So join us again in part three where we'll read and reflect on the Word of God. For rain in the desert Just to grow a handful of corn Poverty clings to a few poor souls From the day that they are born A lame man dreams about running A sick man dreams of a cure I'm just praying that you'll come back and walk right through that door. Well, Superman wanted to fly again, like old men want to be young. Mamas want their babies back after the Don't fall 
The soldier's wife on her knees at night Praying she don't get that call All fighters would love to put on the gloves Tell the world to bring it on I'm just praying we love again Before I'm dead and gone Well, Superman wanted to fly again Like old men want to be young Mamas want their babies back After the war is done You could use a million bucks And I could use a Like old men want to be young Mamas want their 